Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent, Crash Gladys, and Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. Coming off Freak. 20 years of doing this, Freak Nation. Of course, we kick off a Memorial Day special, top of the hour, with your four-time Indy 500 champion, Elio Castroneves. I'm tired of all this old guy speak, Broham. I'm, I'm done. Are you already done with all this old guy talk? I'm done. I mean, I, I already said what I need to say. I think uh, that number four just proved what uh, what we are here for. We're not here for to play games. We're here to uh, make things happen. Watching all of these former drivers, current drivers come up to you, when we do reach our age, Trophies are cool, money's cool, but it's the respect of dudes and women we race against. You got to sleep good tonight knowing that those guys love you as much as they do. Look, I this is a family business. I mean, even that it's everybody's competing against each other. It's an incredible community. Racing is a tough sport. There is a sad part, there is the happy part obviously, and um but as long we know each other for a long time with Will, I've been with him for over 10 years. And uh, with Connor being here, he's been here so many times. Mario, my God, having him, um, you know, come and, and say congrats, it means I did something special. So when you have that kind of community, uh, I hope I make more friends than enemies, you know. But you got to admit, even the enemies got to say, okay, this is something special. And uh, I'm, 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 I feel blessed. You referenced something about Rick Mears earlier in your post-race press conference about how this is the first time he has not consulted you before the Indy 500. It didn't sink into you until after the race, so it couldn't have been that strange, huh? I don't know who asked the question. I'm like, wow, this is the first time I did on my own. Yeah. And I feel super proud of myself. Um, but I can't, I can't say I did them on my own. I obviously had an incredible group of people. But all these years that I've been with Penske, I mean, they, they raised me basically as a young kid and and until last year so it was time to fly alone uh, and i it just is just to prove that i can do that on my own well i was talking to your trainer just a little bit earlier and so now that you've won four indy 500s do you ever have to do hollow holds again i mean that's your favorite thing in the gym oh my god i hope he will eliminate that of my program that is so brutal but i wouldn't be able to do it he's one of the guys that also very positive and uh, it's great to have be surrounded by good people and um, i'm so glad about that four-time indy 500 champion alo castroneves joining us in the lucas oil studios what did roger pinsky say to you i saw him come up to you and it was like eye-to-eye contact that was so cool um uh, I, i i thank him for this he was so proud of me um And first thing he said, like, let's go to, to, to the government. I was like, all right, okay. I, I got I gotta say hello first. But uh, he's like, no, I know, I know. You know, RP, he's, he's an incredible man. I, I'm sure I'm going to have a good opportunity tonight to talk to him or later tomorrow. I, I can't thank them enough. Um, RP, Cindric. Cindric was <laughs> so special. I mean, again, they are family. I, I, I know them so long, and I, I'm so happy that... Uh, my uh my lifetime i was able to spend with them with amazing corporation and uh, wow it's so uh it's so cool so you get four baby borgs now this one being your fourth does this one go to your daughter i don't think she understand how important <laughs> is this right so uh, let's see what we're gonna do that's a good problem to have we'll find yes, out what's happening when did you know that you had the shot to win this thing don't tell me when you started the freaking car I no. Just did no no when did you when did you know that you had a legit shot to win this damn thing I, I, I'll be honest with you Sunday Sunday after qualifying we practiced and I'm like man the car is really good 
carburation, man, the car is really good. It's the same. That means different weathers, hot versus cold, car is still really good. When I make my first pass in the, in the turn one, jump from nine, eight to, I don't know, six, I guess. And I said, like, all right, car is really good. So <laughs> it, you're saying like, what did you know? It was a build-up scenario that is making my... Then I jump to third or something. Man, the car, this car is really good. Up to towards to the end of the race, um, Palu was really fast on his own. And I said, okay, I cannot have the same speed on my own. Uh, and I knew it was 25 laps to go. I said, okay, now it's between him and I. I knew Patu was behind, but I was like, as long as I keep the playing the games. And we're playing chess. I passed him a couple of times before the finish line. I'm like, good. That's what I need. I need to make a proof that I can pass him before the finish line. I, I lost too many races before the finish line. And so that's a test run. You're testing him by passing Absolutely. him Absolutely. two or three times. Make sure you've got it in you. Absolutely. So I was waiting for the right opportunity, and I saw the... The traffic, I'm like, that's it, baby. Now I'm going to take that traffic. It's going to be me on the front, and that's it. And that's what I did. Old guys are crying. I was crying running down the, the track with you, brother. You've been with us for these 20 years, and it's fantastic in our 21st year that we're standing up here on this crossway with the honorary fourth freak. Well, I tell you what. It's to prove to a lot of people that didn't believe it. Not that I prove. I don't want to prove any. I, I don't need to prove anything, but it's a testament that uh, what we did here, anybody that have passion, that dedication and hard work can do it. And um, I'm just a messenger, and I'm glad that I can take that message to a lot of people. Elio, thanks, bud. Yes, thank you. Going to resume some affiliates and get to Crash Gladys, pit news and notes from the Lucas Oil Studios from Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, motorsports radio redefined. The Freaks. Yes, it is a Memorial Day special coming to you from Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You just heard from your four-timer, Indianapolis 500 champion, Elio Castro Neves, here in the Freak Nation. Coming up, it's an IndyCar special. Brian Herta, Jimmy Johnson, and more. And may I add, Bobby Unser special. Make sure you're part of it, Freak Nation. Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. When you're rolling on those old tires, get yourself some new General Tires. Go to GeneralTire.com. That's GeneralTire.com. I don't care if you got yourself an F-250, an SUV, a sedan, about a sports car. General Tire's got them. You go check them out at GeneralTire.com. Crasher? Well, this weekend has clearly been dominated by an amazing Indy 500, and you just heard from now four-time winner Elio Castroneves at the top of the show. But yes, other racing does happen en masse on Memorial Day weekend, such as NASCAR's Coca-Cola 600 going on right now. But let's kick off with the Trans Am Classic at Lime Rock, where pole sitter Ernie Francis Jr. suffered from mechanical issues, and hometown boy Chris Dyson vaulted to the lead to take every lap and his second win on the season. Then it was the Show Me 100 at Lucas Oil Speedway in Missouri, the 100-lap, 30,000-to-win mega event that was dominated late by Hudson O'Neill, who snagged the lead with 27 to go and just crushed the field from there. Extreme E was in Dakar, Senegal, and Rosberg X racing teammates Johan Christofferson and Molly Taylor put on a clinic with the competition, on to being crowned winners of the Ocean X Prix. And it was an extremely emotional Italian Grand Prix for MotoGP, Fabio Quartararo with the dominating win, but all thoughts were with Moto3 racer Jason Duspasquier, who died from injuries sustained in a horrible crash in qualifying on Saturday. 
Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. I'll say it again. Do yourself, your family, your friends a favor. Go to GeneralTire.com and check out their line of tires for everything that's in your garage with four wheels. It's GeneralTire.com. It being Memorial Day weekend, Indy 500 wrapped up. Elio Castro-Nevis, who you heard at the top of the show. We'll replay that thing coming up in the second hour. Also, interviews with Brian Herta, Jimmy Johnson, and a very special Bobby Unser tribute coming up here in the Freak Nation. Make make sure you're part of this big old thing. You miss any of the show, go to the website, speedfreaks.tv. Some fantastic interviews from the past couple of months. Coming up, Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for a good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel will do the work of a team of mechanics. The powerful combination of oils and additives in Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system while increasing power and fuel economy because it's burning excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak and keep the army of mechanics away a little longer. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Aw, fresh vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop shakalaka, 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 scoop shakalaka, 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 Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. <laughs> Your soap is Ugh. And your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things. Open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons. And let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell. Titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. 
You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Tattooed heart and your jet black hair Rolling around like you don't care Jimmy Johnson joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Jimmy, I gotta be honest, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. And to this freaking day, I misspell your first name as a Y for Jimmy Johnson versus Jimmy. I know it. How many times has, has does that happen to you still to this day, Jimmy? So many, obviously. And honestly, I had a heartbreaking moment with the Y being on my name. My very first die-cast car. So excited for it to come out when I was in the Bush Grand National Series. And um, we approved the imagery for the car. And it had my signature on the top of the car. But the outside of the box, I didn't know what it was going to look like. And sure enough, in big block letters, it's Jimmy with a Y. And I was heartbroken. <laughs> And then to add to this, I've been able to meet Mr. Johnson a few times. And the most recent time I met him, he said, man, you're messing things up for me. I said, really? Why is that? And he said, well, for all these years, everybody spelled my name correctly. And then you come along. And now occasionally I get an IE on the end of my name. Right. So I felt good about that. I just want to, I mean, it's just my personality, but I want to correct people in tweets. It drives me crazy. (laughs) They're, uh. Hold on one sec. You're going to love this. Uh-oh. oh <laughs> What's going on here, man? He's going back to the secret room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to get another bite of that steak. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Interrupting Jimmy at lunchtime. Uh-oh. My helmet bag, right? So uh-huh. for the weekend. And this is how they spell. Oh, there it is. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> somebody in the family not in the family but yes my dad's close friend i was named after his name was spelled j-i-m-i-e perfect wow so you opened the door for this jimmy johnson as one of your biggest fans if i was a gambler i'd be a millionaire now all the times that i said you were going to win the championship (laughs) but you opened the door to the bush series and uh, I, whenever I think of you in the Bush series, I think of you dancing on the styrofoam blocks at Watkins Glen. Yeah. After seven championships, you got a better dance step than uh, what you displayed that day, that day. Yeah, that was that was quite a day. What's funny is the next year I came back, there was a guy driving around in a pickup truck with pieces of foam that were broken up and selling them, saying this is the, the foam that Jimmy Johnson hit. And I was so excited. I thought the guy might give me a free chunk of foam. And uh, he didn't believe me that I was Jimmy Johnson. Maybe pay 20 bucks for a block of foam. I have it framed and it's in my office at home. I was like, <laughs> I got to have a piece of this. And who knows if it was really from the wreck or not, but I, I have a piece of foam. So the guy was trying to make money off of you and didn't know who you were. Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure. You're Jimmy Johnson. 20 bucks. I'm like, all right, fine. (laughs) That's the best. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, Jimmy, a lot's changed from your NASCAR days to now IndyCar. And I read something about you completely changing your workouts even. And you are that guy who carries a hand grip. Whoa. Yeah. The, the grip strength these cars, required to drive these cars, is out of control. Um, you know, when you get in your car, if, if you have, uh, if it's not a push-button car, just turn the ignition on and, and feel the weight of the steering when the steering wheel unlocks. Um, that's no power steering, and that's what these cars have. And the faster you go, the more force that you put through the wheel and curbs, bumps, all the little indifferences on a track, that kickback. Uh, requires quite a bit of grip strength. So it's been an eye-opener to me, the, the intensity and the physicality of the IndyCar. How long also, did it take you to get used to all the monkey motion of the open-wheel car right there by your uh, front feet? Did you did you get used to that right away? No, I'm still not used to it. it is, <laughs> it's so foreign to me. Um, to be able to see my tires, if I could see my tires in a NASCAR vehicle, I'd hit quite a few things. So it is, uh, it's way different. Is there anything that translates from either NASCAR days or off-road days? Or let's just throw Supercross in there as well. <laughs> Very little. Um, and I know at some point the worlds will come closer together for me. And I experienced this from off-road to, to stock cars. In the beginning, uh -huh. stock cars were so foreign. But then eventually I learned how to, how to drive them and, and my dirt background showed up for me in, in NASCAR. And I feel like that moment will happen here. It's just so hard to get the seat time. Um, I've had 10 yeah. days ever in a stock car. Five of those were full test days. The other five days are little 45 minute practice sessions and, and a short race that you, you have. So I, I need more laps and it's tough to be a rookie in this era of time. One through budgets and, and the teams and sanctioning bodies being aware of, of the expense to go racing. And then the COVID era has taken a toll on, on rookies as well. And although I'm 45 years old and, and not a rookie in many minds, um, it is a totally different world for me. You, you brought up being a rookie. You brought up the, the craziness going from stock cars to IndyCar. And there was the quote several weeks ago how Danica had to bite her tongue going from IndyCar into NASCAR. Do you think she would have bit her tongue now Jimmy, given how far we've come in society, the recognition of women in sports and women can speak up without recourse. Do you think if she said something today that there would be as much blowback as there would have been back then? Well, I think society is evolving and changing, and I'm not sure it's where it needs to be yet. And I'm not sure it's, it's equal. Um, as a father of two daughters, you know, I, I hope that 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 world is, is very close by. Um, I don't think it should matter gender, uh, color of your skin, um, your beliefs and should affect your opportunities in life. So, um, you know, the world, the, the world is evolving and changing. It's great to see that. So I'm happy for the progress, but I still think we all know there's a long mm -hmm. way to go. How has educational. Any, go ahead, Steph. Uh, has there been any uh, uh, hazing? For Jimmy Johnson, <laughs> your seven championships, when you get into the garage, a lot of drivers say, yeah, prove this, kid. Uh, any hazing going on? You know, Dixon put student driver on the back of yes. the golf cart the other yes. day. So 
I still owe him. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> the good news is you still have tires on that golf cart. I'm sure you heard the stories from last year. I mean, but Tony yeah. Kanan is your is your co-driver in this car. Come on. Carvana is completely safe because Tony is the biggest prankster in the entire pit area. So you've got some some good mojo on your side, I would think. I do. And what's wild is Dario and Tony both have told me stories of pranks they've pulled off and are encouraging me to keep this tradition alive. And I just, I can't, I can't imagine putting so much effort into a prank. I mean, it, it, they're pretty, pretty extensive. Yeah. Cutting apart Tony Kanan's $10,000 Trek bike. That's a prank. Yes. I'm surprised they didn't go to blows. I'm surprised they didn't end up fighting on that deal. Wow. <laughs> Jimmy, growing up in Southern California, and the off-road days that you, that you had, uh, was there a strong desire to get into open wheel prior to stock car, or was it just whatever can help put food in my mouth and eventually in front of my in front of my family at the time? No, for me, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, being on the West Coast, Rick Mears, Roger Mears, Robbie Gordon, um, you know, all those guys transitioned from off-road racing into into IndyCar. There were IndyCar races nearby. Um, Cal Wells with his race team, you know, started mm-hmm. establishing in the area. That was my focal point. And, and to my surprise, the manufacturer I was driving for and guided me through my career so much was pulling out of IndyCar. And I went to Long Beach Grand Prix for one of my meetings, thinking that I was going to have a Trans Am ride offered to me. And then hopefully after that would be Indy Lights and an IndyCar. And when I sat down in this meeting, they said, look, we're pulling out of, of open wheel. And if you want a future in motorsports, you need to move to the East Coast and figure out NASCAR. And uh, not long after that, I had a one-way ticket to North Carolina and been there ever since. Oh, my goodness. So this this whole IndyCar thing. Oh, by the way, <laughs> this is Hi how there. we do interviews at home. <laughs> this awesome. is Henley, Henley, Jimmy. <laughs> so your your path was going to be open wheel. It changed, obviously, with Toyota pulling out. But Jeff Gordon was the one. If, if we read through all the stories here, Jeff Gordon kind of mentored you once you got to NASCAR, right? And then he was the one that helped push you through in your career. Yeah, he did. I was very fortunate to have quite a few help mentor me along the way. Um, and when I go to the, uh, the off-road days, having the Herzogs help me um, race in the Midwest in their off-road truck in the late 90s. They bought the ASA team that I drove for. They then bought and started the Bush Grand National team that I drove for. And then uh, a fly buzz in the tower here. And then uh, <laughs> that's when the conversation happened with Jeff Gordon. And that's through their Bush program is how I was able to race Jeff and be noticed. And uh, so grateful for many steps along the way. And, uh, and and just people believing in me and giving me that chance. So where I'm trying to go with this is people, the last several years have been crazy for so many people, especially the last year with COVID and people losing their jobs. You, you, you have a focus about what you think your life is going to be. And then suddenly, uh-uh, that's not going to happen. Whether something's pulled out from underneath you or another change happens, but you still make things happen because you were still passionate about motorsports and you still surrounded yourself with the right people and things still went forward. I think it's a great story. No, I appreciate it. I, uh, you're right. I mean, there, there were many in, in motorsport as a driver, doors are closing all the time and, and you have to figure out how to separate yourself from the crowd. And, and literally it's going to sound kind of cheesy, but it was very effective. When I moved to North Carolina, I printed like a thousand business cards and at the bottom of the business card wrote professional race car driver. I would go and sit <laughs> in the restaurants where the team members would eat lunch 
show up early, pass out business cards, collect business cards. Back then we were faxing one another and, and I would have all of the uh, post-race press releases, fax to these team managers and just worked it. You know, I didn't have a sponsor. I didn't have the money to go racing, but I had money to buy business cards and I made sure that I was always top of mind to people. And in the end, you know, I feel like it helped help them look my way versus others, you know, those key moments. Wow. Jimmy Johnson, that opens that sentence opens up a lot of stuff. You bought one a one way ticket. You had a lot of confidence. And a lot of guys in your position, when they get to North Carolina, they'll sweep out garages, sleep on floors, on couches, the whole couch surfing thing. Did you have enough confidence to go beyond all of that and to launch this career anyway? I I believed in myself for sure. I didn't know where it was going to take me, but I honestly, motorsport has been such a passion to me that if it didn't mean I was a driver, I felt like I would be on a team somewhere that, that it, it wasn't a dead end road for me. And, you know, I had made this decision to travel, um, you know, mid to late teens in, in it's probably 18 or 19 when I left home to move, move to North Carolina. And I, I was, I was all in, you know, I was going to find a way to, to make a living in motorsport. I'd hoped that it was being a driver, but there weren't any guarantees. So, uh, Seven, wait, 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 Seven championships later, <laughs> you could honestly say that you were prepared to do something else other than drive. What in the world could that have been? <laughs> yeah. You just never know how it's going to work out. I mean, What's really interesting and kind of helps prove my point, although I don't think you want to believe me, and I'm joking, with you, <laughs> is uh, in the rookie class for uh, my Bush Grand National Series Rookie of the Year, Rodney Childers was one of the rookies I was competing against. And Rodney has turned into a, a multi-time, you know, Cup Series champion as a crew chief. There you he go. wanted to be a driver, but he's there as a, as a crew chief. So you just never know where your opportunities are going to take you. Jimmy, let's wrap this up. What's it going to take to get you in the Indy 500? Of course. You got to throw that out there, huh? I'm surprised it took this long. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> You've known us long enough. Right. No, I, there is more of an opening than there ever has been. Um, you know, I, I think the next realistic step is to test on an oval and, and see what that experience is like. Watching the crashes that have happened since the aero screen has gone on, um, I think we, we all see the impact that it has and just how much safer it's made the sport. So, you know, that, that puts me in a window now where I'm, I'm willing to try one on an oval by myself and, and see what that experience is like and uh, take it from there. And you realize if you ever do do that, and I'm just going to assume that you would win the Indy 500, you would then need to become a Formula One driver and then win Monaco. I mean, because you want to get the triple crown eventually. I love where your head is on this. I do. But there, I think there's too much gray in my beard for uh, an opportunity in Formula One. Well, it would match the color scheme on the Mercedes car. Oh, okay. The silver arrows. Like you'd, get, you'd fit perfectly. I should keep my optimistic point of view that I had when I was young. I bring up a great point. Right. I need to keep that work ethic going. I need to get some more business cards and head to Europe. And pass it Damn. <laughs> the greatness. I am a race car driver. I promise. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy, it's always fantastic. We, you take time to join us here in the Freak Nation, buddy. Good luck to you. We'll see you uh, later on down by the track. All right, buddy? I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Cool. Oh, no.
an opinion piece this week said motorsports was at a crossroads and the future might be at risk. The piece looked at electrification in the auto industry and what impact that might have on car racing. It also looked at where the fans go after a year on the couch and how do we get fans back in the stands after they've seen the screen. Finally, the piece looked at fan regeneration. How do you get millennials and Gen Xers interested when they think in terms of 200 characters in a racing world that's 200,000 characters long? Funny, but the freaks have been raising these issues for most of our 20 years. Automakers want to sell cars crowding their showrooms, not win races. The fans want an experience they aren't getting at the track, and we've argued time and again that young people just don't buy the industry format. Glad someone's listening. The issue now, how do you get the racing industry out of its silo and into the real world? Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Coming up in under 10 minutes, Brian Herta, the father of Colton Herta, kicking ass in the IndyCar Series. He'll be joining us in moments. But first, our good friends at Lucas Oil want to remind you, go to lucasoil.com, check out their line of products to keep your ride on the road. The feature this week, it's Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. Cleans and lubricates multiple systems, removes harmful deposits, gum and varnish from your engine, improves cold temperature fluidity, lubricates upper cylinder walls and rings. In other words, go get it. Take care of that big fat VH got complete engine treatment from our friends at Lucas Oil. Statman, Crasher, uh, speaking of uh, going and getting it, it looks like a number of teams, specifically to the IndyCar Series and NASCAR team, they went out and got it in regards to sponsors for this weekend's race and upcoming races that, frankly, if you would have told me this time last year, this time six months ago, that uh, blockchain, that we'd be seeing T-shirts with "Are you tired of pricks?" That this these would be tied in with sponsorships, Crasher. Yeah, Bitcoin, Dogecoin. Statman brought up Dogecoin last week on the show, but not in a sponsorship manner. Or just it's it's intriguing to me, but it's amazing at the same time because. This is where things are going. And the fact that these industries are willing to fork up some dough in motorsports, my gosh, motorsports has always been the sporting series, and I use series as in plural, that acquires sponsorships from thinking outside the box. They seem to be the first to do it. And then other series follow suit. Maybe the NFL will eventually have a Bitcoin something. Same with the NBA. But yeah, Bitcoin and what was the Roush Fenway partnership? Blockchain. Blockchain. It's amazing. And then, of course, Connor Daly this week, tired of pricks. Of course, that talks about insulin. It's not what you think it is, but it gets you to notice. It makes you ask the question, what the heck is that? And it's about insulin inhalers instead of insulin shots. Statman, please share with the Freak Nation uh, your description of what NFTs are. I, you know, you've been studying NFTs so so much over the last, what, 45, 50 days. Share with the Freak Nation what NFTs are, please. I, if you're asking me to explain <laughs> NFT, I, there's no National Football 
transitory. <laughs> uh, just, there's no way you could explain NFTs. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the one thing that I think that motorsports has missed out on is the uh, fan duel and the betting that goes on that uh, stick and ball sports have worked into their system. I think that the motorsports I've seen guys at drag strips that are betting on who's going to win a drag race in four or five seconds. I think it's the perfect venue to have that sort of thing. But for some reason, they've shied away from it. I don't know. Why. Well, I think it's I think it's coming. It's just kind of baby steps right now. I get more emails this year than I've gotten probably in our first 20 years combined on the odds for NASCAR races. It used to just be the Daytona 500 that I would get odds on from Vegas. Now I get the emails every single week. So that's kind of cool. And also the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, since it is the month of May, I don't think it's happening this month of May. But in the future, they've already said they will have betting lines at the track for fans. That's in their, part of their future plan. So it's coming. Non-fungible tokens. Just look it up, Freak Nation. It's coming. Fungible? Yes. Ethereum. Them. It's coming. It's it's uh, Roush Fenway. They have, uh, the, they have socios.com blockchain as a sponsor. You heard Crasher talk about um, Ed Carpenter. They've got a Bitcoin sponsorship. It's it's and coming, man. What's interesting about the Bitcoin Indy 500 sponsorship is that everything is being funded by Bitcoin. We're talking about the employees. They're not getting paid cash, U.S. dollars. They're getting paid in Bitcoin. All the crew members, driver, which is Renus VK. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me. Can you imagine those old bastards working with the crew? You know, those old guys, 40 and older? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're going to pay so me old. in what? What? Bit What? NFTs, what? Holy smokes. A big second hour coming up, Freak Nation. But first, coming up next, his name is Brian Herda. You recognize that last name. Former driver in the IndyCar Series, Champ Car Series. Again, part of Andretti Racing. His son, Colton Herda, uh, a badass in the IndyCar Series, a team owner in sports cars. He joins us next. A whole lot of things going on with Brian Herda. He'll be here in the second hour. A special salute to Bobby Unser. And a young Arab girl, she's going racing. It's coming up, second hour of the Freaks, next. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. 
Transmissions are one of the most complicated and expensive components in your car or truck. Don't let leaks and low fluid make a bad situation even worse. Use Lucas Transmission Fix in your older car's transmission to stop slipping, hesitation, and rough shifting. Lucas Transmission Fix was specially formulated to make your automatic transmission perform like new, and it actually eliminates most leaks. It also works on light-duty manual transmissions to increase shifting ease and transmission life. Shift your problem to Lucas Transmission Fix. Lucas Oil. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. Your soap is ugh, and your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish, you're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things, open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons and let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go, naked. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Attention all you light truck and SUV owners who like to exceed the limits. General Tire has created a tough, extreme terrain General Grabber Tire for you. The Grabber brings race-winning technology to thrill-seekers planning their next extreme adventure. Whatever your journey, the Grabber will take you where you need to go. Because with General Tires, anywhere is possible. General Tire, the official tire of Speed Freaks. Speed Freaks on a Sunday Night Freak Nation, 20-plus years in the Lucas Oil Studios. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent. Again, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the website, speedfreaks.tv. Part of those, well, a lot of those 20 years, Ryan Herta has joined us here in the Freak Nation. It started out with him running in the IndyCar Series, Champ Car Series, Cart, whatever the hell it was, is an open-wheel series. And right. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the year 2000, 2001, 2003, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, he joins us now, Brian Herta. Uh, you've got so much stuff going on. Your son's kicking ass in the IndyCar Series. You're uh, in IMSA. Your sports car team's kicking ass. Uh, listen, man, what, did, 20 years ago, when you first came in the Freak Nation at that Hooters in freaking Pasadena, do you, think you, <laughs> do you think I'd be calling you for freaking parenting advice with my seven-year-old and now Colton Herta about to become a, a grown-ass man? Oh man, it's been it's been a ride. It's been a hell of a ride, and, and it's been good. And we're still riding, so uh, I'm I'm loving it. Should I, if my daughter at this young of an age gravitates towards go karts, should I say hell the freak no? <laughs> 
Well, it depends what's more important to you. Uh, financial security or helping her chase her dreams. Because it's hard to do both in racing. But uh, I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't regret a second of it, if that helps you at all. Brian Herta joining us here in the Freak Nation. And that brings me to a point, of Brian, through these last two, two decades of Speed Freaks, you talk about a person in motorsports who's had their ups and downs. That's been you. Having a ride, don't have a ride, chasing a ride, looking for a sponsor. And now, look at you. You're back on top of the mountaintop. What's been your key to really wrapping your arms around these struggles and successes and make sure you're not, you haven't been on a roof with a freaking deer rifle just pissed off? I don't know. I guess I never really looked at it as, you know, when, when things were going down, you know, I just got to work harder. And I feel lucky every day that, you know, I get to keep doing the thing that I love. And I, I think that's really what it comes back to is just, passion and love for the sport and being able to still be a part of it and participate in it on a daily basis. You know, one thing I don't think I've ever known about you, where did you get your passion for motorsports and maybe in particular IndyCar and sports cars? I don't know. You know, what I do know is I knew right away. The first time I was, I was six or seven years old, my dad took me to just like a local Saturday night race at a local track. And I fell in love with it. And I can't remember ever wanting to do anything else from that day on. So for me, it was kind of like this immediate connection and, and really deep. And that only grew over, over time. And, and you know, I'm, I'm lucky to this day. I, I still feel the same way about the sport. Yeah, because it's incredible. You've been able to turn your athlete side of things into a pretty damn successful businessman as well. I mean, starting from, okay, two Indy 500 wins, where does that come from? So many people would love to be able to say that. And now your your championships in sports cars, and that cannot be an easy transition. You've made it look easy, but it just it couldn't have been, was it? No, no, not easy. Um, you know, I mean, but a lot of a lot of folks out here working really hard. I feel very fortunate to, you know, when I when I stopped driving there in 2008, you know, to to if you'd told me then that hey your best days in racing are still ahead of you, I would have uh-huh. thought you were crazy. Uh, but I I feel very fortunate to feel like you know my best days in racing are now. I I, I get to participate in a different way. You know, I, I people ask if I miss the driving part, and honestly, not. Not really, because I did it for a long time, and I drove for great teams, and I don't feel like I didn't get that part of my life in and done, and I you know, I feel like I was very lucky to do that, and I, I really have the same passion and, and, and energy and desire to win now from the team side and putting people together and, and working with the drivers, the engineers, and sponsors, and manufacturers, and all that to... Uh, to put winning programs on the track. I, I still feel the same way. It's a different challenge, uh, but I still get the same level of enjoyment out of it. Brian Herta, two-time Indy 500 winner, two-time sports car champion winner. I mean, just you name it. The accolades go on and on, and he's, like you just said, not done yet, not even close. Brian, so many people need to hear that story right now because a lot of people, whether it's the pandemic or just other things in life, they've been let down or they feel down over the last many, many months, and they don't know why they keep going. But your example right there of doing something because you're passionate about it and then learning from the good and the bad of that and being able to turn it into the next step, that's huge. And it, it, it's the never give up attitude, but learning from the good and the bad of something that you've done in your life already. 
Well, it's nice of you to say, and I, I think I see so many great examples of that in my life every day. And just recently I had, you know, a great reminder that, uh, as you guys probably know, uh, Robert Wickens yes. came back from his accident and, and hopped in one of our cars uh, during a track day we had at Mid-Ohio just last week. And, uh, you know, you talk about perseverance and, and dedication and, you know, the things that I've been through in my life just pale in comparison. You just can't even bring it up when you see a guy like Robert and and what he's been through and the work he's still putting in daily, six, eight hours a day of physical therapy, uh, just really inspiring. And, and uh, to be part of that day when he first got back into a race car after his accident was was kind of an amazing day. And so, you know, when you have people like that around you to kind of draw inspiration from it, it makes, I feel like it makes, you know, what seem like big deals in our lives maybe seem maybe not so big anymore. Ryan Herder, when did you know this thing with Robert Wickens was going to come together? And further, what's the future with you and, and Wickens? Well, we we started talking uh, really in January uh, when we were at Daytona, and I was talking with Michael Johnson, who's who's one of our drivers in the Hyundai uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge uh, team that we have in IMSA. And Michael is paralyzed from the chest down, and so he drives completely with hand controls. And so we had to adapt one of our cars to a hand control system. And at Daytona, we just started talking, and I mentioned to Michael, you know, do you think it would be cool to invite Robert Wickens out to drive the car? And Michael was like, yeah, let's do it. And so I reached out to Robert and said, you know, hey, is this something you'd be interested in doing? And he was, you know, very uh, enthusiastic. I, I just didn't know where, where his head was at on all that. But he was like, yeah, man, I wanna, I've want to. i been working hard, and I'm looking to get back in a race car. Hmm. So, you know, for us to be able to kind of put that together, and, and it culminated last week at a, uh, a team track day that we had at Mid-Ohio, and to see him, you know, turn those laps and, I got to tell you, man, he, he did a great job. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just a PR thing. I mean, he was out there to, to, to really wring the thing's neck, and, and that was really cool to see. Brian, it seems like everybody knew that this wasn't a PR thing for Wickens. You, he knew it. You knew it. There's a, probably other drivers like Michael Johnson, even Alex Zanardi. It would be wonderful to get all three of them together, Wickens, Johnson, and Zanardi together in a car, and maybe go racing at the 24 hours of Daytona next year. That's something you could strive to put together yourself. Brian heard it. Well, that that would be amazing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could conjure all that up together in one in one magic formula, but that would be an amazing, amazing uh, lineup. But you know, for for Robert, you know, we've talked about what could be the next steps. I think you know, coming off the test, take a little time and process and and see what, what could be next for him. You know, Robert's desires to get back to elite level motorsports. And I think, I think we could be maybe a step along that path back for him, but it's really going to be up to what he wants to do next and uh, him really kind of evaluating where he's at and what he thinks he can do. Brian Herta joining us here in the Freak Nation. Good to get him back here to give us some insight. Has there been a time, and, and I'm being somewhat funny in this, when you've had to get after Colton, your son, before saying, look, Robert Wickens is about to kick some freaking ass. I don't want to hear about you complaining about having a bad hair day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a, a, guy like, a guy like Robert, you know, and what, you know, when he shows up, 
and you see his level of dedication, his work ethic, and and how badly he wanted to be in that car, it does it does kind of remind you, hey, the the little the little things that you know I'm struggling with today, or, or that seem like a bigger thing, really aren't that big a deal. And so I think you know I, I love being around people like that. I lo- I, I want to always be around people that you know inspire me and and make me want to do better and i'm lucky with the indycar team working with the andretti guys i'm around a lot of people like that and and with the imsa team with hyundai you know we've got some great examples of people like that like michael johnson who just who show you that wherever you think the limit is wherever you think your limit is you're not even close Brian, you spent a lot of time in an open-wheel car and were never injured severely. It must give you pause then, looking at your son racing in an open-wheel car. How did you get out of all of that without any serious injury? A little bit. A little bit. I did. I, I had a bad accident early on. I broke my pelvis in seven places and my femur. But luckily, they were all injuries that uh, I was able to fully recover from and then come back and really it happened so early in my career. A lot of people don't even, it was when I was driving for AJ Foyt, don't even realize that I, that I'd had that accident. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, you, you do, you do look back and say, you know, I've, I've been, I've been charmed. You know, I got to do this. I came out the other end in good shape. You know, I got a great family and, and things are going well in life. So, you know, I think there's a feeling of gratitude about the whole thing. I remember your accident at Elkhart Lake. I, Alex Barron comes to mind. I forget the car that flew over you. Obviously, yeah, way be- was, was it Alex? Okay, I, yeah. way before obviously the halo, the aero screen that we have now with IndyCar. What are some feedback from your son Colton or some of the other drivers you worked with? I mean, it seems to be awesome from most every standpoint and from a fan perspective. But what are the drivers really saying behind the scenes of that new safety enhancement with IndyCar? I'll tell you what, every every sort of day that goes by, I think we're seeing more and more examples of why it's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw the footage, onboard footage from uh, Ryan Hunter Ray's uh, in-car from the accident that happened in Barber. And uh, when he hit Joseph Newgarden's car, that tire rode right up onto the aero screen. And Ryan didn't even know it at the time. He said at the moment of impact, he closed his eyes, so he didn't see it. When he went back to the trailer and watched the in-car, and you watched that tire was coming right at his head, and it hits that aero screen and slides right up, up, and over, and it just it just shows you. I mean, I think some of the concerns we had about it and whether, you know, whether was it going to shatter into a million pieces when it hits something, anything, I think it's, it's proving to be uh, more than up to the task, and I think it's a, it's, you know, one of those great safety innovations like the safer wall, like the Hans device, it's one of those things that I think a few years from now, you won't be able to imagine racing a car without one. Yeah, bottom line, IndyCars are rocket ships that don't fly. They We don't want them to fly. We want them to stay down. They still look like a rocket ship, people. So, yeah, and they're safer now. So let's just keep with it. I, I love it. Speaking of IndyCar, the month of May, Indy 500 is obviously huge with the series. And your month of May I mean, I guess this is just what you get in this phase of your 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 life, your career. You've, you're pulling double duty this weekend with IMSA and IndyCar. It's a packed, packed month for you. How do you balance it all? Oh, I love it. I look forward to it every year. My favorite month of the year, and it's busy. 
but you know, there's a lot of prep that goes into it ahead of time. And, you know, if you prepare correctly, when you get there, you know, the work is just going through the motions. You've already done all the hard stuff. So, you know, to be here at Indianapolis, I, I love now that we get to race on the road course and open the, open the month of May on the road course this Saturday and then move right into practice and qualifying for the Indy 500 and obviously the Indy 500 on Memorial Day weekend. I mean, for, for me, this is, uh, this is Christmas. So, uh, to be here, I'm actually, I'm talking to you live from the infield at Indianapolis Motor Speedway right now, getting ready, uh, uh, we just finished our engineering debriefs, and uh, we're getting ready to go for the weekend. It's the most Have you checked on the crappers over there in turn year. one to make sure the, there's no more stalls, there's actual <laughs> toilets? I've heard, I've heard they're immaculate, but I have not been over to see it. <laughs> he can't give you a first-hand oh. take yet. <laughs> not yet. Heard of, it's always I'm, great. I'm, I'm a little spoiled. I have, I have my bus inside, and I've got my own Jeez. private toilet in here that I like to use. Yep. But uh, just for you guys, I'll go check them out, and next time we talk, I'll give you an update. It will be a Speed Freaks feature, absolutely. Brian Herta, reporting from <laughs> outside Turn 1. Exclusive. <laughs> the crappers. Live. Yes, exclusive. First world problems, Freak Nation. Damn it. <laughs> People just wish they only had a hole to piss in, and they were bitching and moaning about having troughs. Uh, Herta, <laughs> as always, brother, it's greatness. Thank you for doing this, bud. Uh, thank you guys so much. It's always my pleasure. It's that, man. Every time we talk to Brian Herta, there's so many stories there, side stories, sub-stories, however you want to refer to it. The one story that comes to mind is that bet you made with him about 17, 18 years ago about finishing in the top 10. What was that? Yeah, we were at a Hooters in Pasadena, and he was out of the top 10 when he was racing in the cart championship or champ car, whichever it was. And uh, I said, dude, you're not in the top 10. So he got a little indignant and said, look, I'll be in the top 10 by the end of the year. So I just played it a little further and said, if you get in the top 10, I'll grow my hair out. And if you, if you don't get in the top 10, you have to shave your head. And he, you know, I went on a, a bike ride. I let my hair grow just to find out where it was going to grow and what color it was going to be. But he, uh, he, he didn't get into the top 10, and he shaved his head, pulled his hat off at a Supercross at Anaheim's, and I pay my bets, and I'll never forget Ryan Herder for that. Wow. Now look at the guy, the father of a badass in IndyCar, and he's got his fingers and fists and face and feet in so many different forms of racing. Uh, <laughs> Second hour of the Freaks coming up. A special salute to Bobby Unser and an Arab girl goes racing. Big second hour coming up next. Speed Freaks Pits on the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Network broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio redefined with Kenny Sargent, Crash Gladys, and Statman. Here's the Freaks. Twenty 
years of doing this, Freak Nation. Of course, we kick off a Memorial Day special top of the hour with your four-time Indy 500 champion, Elio Castroneves. I'm tired of all this old guy speak, Broham. I'm, I'm done. Are you already done with all this old guy talk? I'm done. I mean, I, I already said what I need to say. I think uh, that number four just proved what, uh, what we are here for. We're not here for to play games. We're here to uh, make things happen. Watching all of these former drivers, current drivers come up to you, when we do reach our age, Trophies are cool, money's cool, but it's the respect of dudes and women we race against. You got to sleep good tonight knowing that those guys love you as much as they do. Look, I this is a family business. I mean, even that it's everybody's competing against each other. It's an incredible community. Racing is a tough sport. There is a sad part, there is the happy part obviously, and um but as long we know each other for a long time with Will, I've been with him for over 10 years. And uh, with Connor being here, he's been here so many times. Mario, my God, having him, um, you know, come and, and say congrats, it means I did something special. So when you have that kind of community, uh, I hope I make more friends than enemies, you know. But you got to admit, even the enemies got to say, okay, this is something special. And uh, I'm, 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 I feel blessed. You referenced something about Rick Mears earlier in your post-race press conference about how this is the first time he has not consulted you before the Indy 500. It didn't sink into you until after the race, so it couldn't have been that strange, huh? I don't know who asked the question. I'm like, wow, this is the first time I did on my own. Yeah. And I feel super proud of myself. Um, but I can't, I can't say I did them on my own. I obviously had an incredible group of people. But all these years that I've been with Penske, I mean, they, they raised me basically as a young kid and and until last year so it was time to fly alone uh, and i it just is just to prove that i can do that on my own well i was talking to your trainer just a little bit earlier and so now that you've won four indy 500s do you ever have to do hollow holds again i mean that's your favorite thing in the gym oh my god i hope he will eliminate that of my program that is so brutal but i wouldn't be able to do it he's one of the guys that also very positive and uh, it's great to have be surrounded by good people and um, i'm so glad about that four-time indy 500 champion alo castro nevis joining us in the lucas oil studios what did roger pinsky say to you i saw him come up to you and it was like eye-to-eye contact that was so cool um uh, I, i i thank him for this he was so proud of me um And first thing he said, like, let's go to, to, to the government. I was like, all right, okay. I, I got I to say hello first. But uh, he's like, no, I know, I know. You know, RP, he's, he's an incredible man. I, I'm sure I'm going to have a good opportunity tonight to talk to him or later tomorrow. I, I can't thank them enough. Um, RP, Cindric. Cindric was <laughs> so special. I mean, again, they are family. I, I, I know them so long, and I, I'm so happy that... Um, My uh, my lifetime, I was able to spend with them with amazing corporation, and uh, wow, it's so uh, it's so cool. So you get four baby Borgs now. This one being your fourth. Does this one go to your daughter? I don't think she understand how important <laughs> is this, right? So uh, let's see what we're gonna do. That's a good problem to have. We find yes, out what's happened. True. When did you know that you had the shot to win this thing? Don't tell me when you started the freaking car. No. I just did. Well, no, no. When did you when did you know that you had a legit shot to win this damn thing? I, I I'll be honest with you. Sunday, Sunday after qualifying, we practice, and I'm like, man, the car is really good. Carburation, man, the car is really good. It's the same. That means different weathers, hot versus cold, car is still really good. When I make my first pass in the, in the turn one, jump from nine, eight to, I don't know, six, I guess, and I said, all right, car is really good. So <laughs> it, you're saying, like, when did you know? 
it was a build-up scenario that is making my... Then I jumped to third or some... Man, the car, this car is really good. Up to towards to the end of the race, um, Palu was really fast on his own. And I said, okay, I cannot have the same speed on my own. Uh, and I knew it was 25 laps to go. I said, okay, now it's between him and I. I knew Pato was behind, but I was like, as long as I keep the playing the games. And we're playing chess. I passed him a couple of times before the finish line. I'm like, good. That's what I need. I need to make a proof that I can pass him before the finish line. I, I lost too many races before the finish line. And so that's a test run. You're testing him by passing Absolutely. him two or three times to make sure you've got it in you. Absolutely. So I was waiting for the right opportunity, and I saw the, the traffic. I'm like, that's it, baby. Now I'm going to take that traffic. It's going to be me on the front, and that's it, and that's what I did. Old guys are crying. I was crying running down the, the track with you, brother. You've been with us for these 20 years, and it's fantastic in our 21st year that we're standing up here on this crossway with the honorary fourth freak. Elio, thanks, bud. Yes, thank you. Going to resume some affiliates and get to Crash Gladys pit news and notes from the Lucas Oil Studios from Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the freaks. Yes, it is a Memorial Day special coming to you from Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You just heard from your four-timer, Indianapolis 500 champion, Elio Castro Neves, here in the Freak Nation. Coming up, it's an IndyCar special. And may I add, Bobby Unser special. Make sure you're part of the Freak Nation. Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. When you're rolling on those old tires, get yourself some new General Tires. Go to GeneralTire.com. That's GeneralTire.com. I don't care if you got yourself an F-250, an SUV, a sedan, about a sports car. General Tire's got them. You go check them out at GeneralTire.com. Crasher? Well, this weekend has clearly been dominated by an amazing Indy 500, and you just heard from now four-time winner Elio Castroneves at the top of the show. But yes, other racing does happen en masse on Memorial Day weekend, such as NASCAR's Coca-Cola 600 going on right now. But let's kick off with the Trans Am Classic at Lime Rock, where pole sitter Ernie Francis Jr. suffered from mechanical issues, and hometown boy Chris Dyson vaulted to the lead to take every lap and his second win on the season. Then it was the Show Me 100 at Lucas Oil Speedway in Missouri, the 100-lap, 30,000-to-win mega event that was dominated late by Hudson O'Neill, who snagged the lead with 27 to go and just crushed the field from there. Extreme E was in Dakar, Senegal, and Rosberg X racing teammates Johan Christofferson and Molly Taylor put on a clinic with the competition, on to being crowned winners of the Ocean X Prix. And it was an extremely emotional Italian Grand Prix for MotoGP, Fabio Quartararo with the dominating win, but all thoughts were with Moto3 racer Jason Duspasquier, who died from injuries sustained in a horrible crash in qualifying on Saturday. Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. I'll say it again. Do yourself, your family, your friends a favor. Go to GeneralTire.com and check out their line of tires for everything that's in your garage with four wheels. It's GeneralTire.com. It being Memorial Day weekend, Indy 500 wrapped up. Elio Castro-Nevis, who you heard at the top of the show. We'll replay that thing coming up in the second hour. Also, interviews with Brian Herta, Jimmy Johnson, and a very special Bobby Unser tribute coming up here in the Freak Nation. Make, your, make sure you're part of this big old thing. You miss any of the show, go to the website, speedfreaks.tv. Some fantastic interviews from the past couple of months coming up. 
Speed Freaks Pits, and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, it's Kenny Sargent and Crash Gladys with Speed Freaks and we know vehicles that could be expensive. So without proper maintenance, any vehicle could break down, causing the need for expensive repairs. That's why you need Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil produces the toughest and highest quality lubricants and additives on the market. Lucas products are tested on the track and the street to provide unmatched protection against the most punishing conditions. Hey, no matter what you do, no matter what you drive, Lucas Oil has the product for your mechanical needs. So keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Ah, uh, fresh vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop shakalaka, 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 scoop shakalaka, 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 Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. Today, time is more valuable than ever, and we all want our vehicles to look their best. To save time and have a great looking ride, use Lucas Slickmas Speed Wax. Great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on, then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy working on wet or dry surfaces. You can also use Slick Mist Interior Detail or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine for that complete detail look. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Speed Freaks. Mario Andretti answering the phones at Speed Freaks World Headquarters. Hello, this is Mario Andretti. You've reached the offices of Speed Freaks. Speed Freaks, hauling Andretti's hardware. You're listening to the Speed Freaks, the only group that could carry my jockstrap. So what the f*** is AJ thinking? I'm AJ Ford, and you're listening to Speed Freaks. They also want me to sign their butt, but I won't. 
Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Over 20 years of doing Speed Freaks, and all of those 20 years, Lucas Oil's been a part of it. Go to lucasoil.com to find the product for your ride or rides, including Lucas Oil Slick Mist Detailing Kit. Follow me here, man. You get interior detailer, tire and trim shine, speed wax, a towel, a no-mess tire and trim applicator. When you combine all of these, trust me, that 60-year-old, 50-year-old, 30-year-old car, that 20-year-old car yours, will feel like she's five. Do yourself a favor. Go to lucasoil.com and check out their Slick Mist detailing kit or a local auto parts store today. Speaking of Lucas Oil, this guy who's partnered with Lucas Oil with the McLaren team in the IndyCar series, he won the second race at Texas Motor Speedway last weekend. Pato Award or Patricio Award joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Patricio, your birthday is May 6th, a day after Cinco de Mayo. Why couldn't your mom pump you out a day earlier on Cinco de Mayo? What's up with that? Honestly, I've never really had the chance to like properly celebrate Cinco de Mayo because I'm always either racing or, or doing something. Um, but this year, I actually got to celebrate Cinco de Mayo at by the Speedway. <laughs> and answer to your question this year is when i realized that my birthday is one day later after a pretty cool celebration (laughs) (laughs) well kenny and i have a daughter and she was born on new year's day and i was trying to think earlier this week what is what was worse me being in the hospital on new year's eve and not being able to celebrate that or patricio's mom being in the hospital on cinco de mayo and not being able to celebrate that it's tough man (laughs) <laughs> the mom struggle. <laughs> exactly. I mean, what we do for you kids, right? <laughs> no, but this this year, though, like you said, it's prob- probably the first time you've really been able to celebrate Cinco de Mayo and your birthday because of your work life being so tough and, and so strict on what whether it's diets or workouts. But yeah, now you finally got to celebrate. Which one do you celebrate more, though? Because you want to go all out for Cinco de Mayo, but then you got to remember, I got I to gotta pace myself because my birthday's the next day. <laughs> Man, honestly, this year, um, and usually every... I mean, it's because for my birthday, I mean, my family knows I'm... I'm not much of a partier. I just I like like good food and spend time with people that I love. Um, but man, we went pretty hard for Cinco Cinco de Mayo. It was a pretty cool <laughs> event. So I gotta say, there was more celebration there. Whoa! How much of it though was also a carryover from your Texas win? I mean, this whole week should be a cel- should have been a celebration for you. It's been nonstop. It's been uh, it's been truly nonstop. But it's. It's uh, it's been worth it. Uh, it's been really cool, and um, all the cool celebrations came after the win. So it, it all kind of like just fit in together <laughs> and gave you an excuse <laughs> to actually want to celebrate. You know, Pato Award won the second IndyCar race at Texas last week. Pato, where are you on this issue of ovals? Do you like them? Do you hate them? Or is it the next thing on the schedule, and that's what I got to do because I'm a driver? I'm a fan. Um, I feel like I'm still learning 
through the super speedway kind of process. Uh, it's very different. Um, the mentality that you have to approach it with is very different to a road course. And road course is just something that I I just know more of. But man, I've I've really grown to to like it. Um, it's it's very different. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't like the TV and the videos don't really make, do it justice until you get to talk to a driver or someone that has actually tried it out before, and then they really understand how much balls it actually takes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but man, it's really cool. I mean, it's just it's very different and. I just think that's what, what makes the IndyCar series so special is that you have to be good in every single type of, of, of racetrack in order to either, one, win a championship, or two, just be outright competitive day in, day out in, in anywhere you go. Exactly. Why do you think then there is, I mean, I know there's the danger element of it, but guess what? Motorsports is dangerous anyway in all aspects. So why do you think there's such a stigma with racing ovals in IndyCar for some of the outsiders looking in? And, and like, for instance, this year, we're looking at Romain Grosjean or also Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, I think the, the thing in especially super speedways is that, um, fortunately, the tracks that we go to this year are very safe, and I think they are as safe as they can be right now. Um, I feel like in the years past, there's been, there's been tracks where they're just, they're not up to standards and you see the consequences because the speeds are just so fast. I mean, just imagine going 225 plus miles an hour. And if you spin or if something goes wrong, you don't really slow down much. So imagine just going 225 miles an hour into a wall you definitely feel it and it's not very pleasant (laughs) but i think that the thing here is just the speeds are ridiculous and that's what makes the super speedways in a way the most dangerous i guess paddle award is the indycar winner in texas and you're talking about a safe track that seems hard to fathom, Pato, when you're going 220-plus on a racetrack, how that could be safe. Are there some tracks, actually, that are safer than others at that speed? Uh, so, lots of things. For example, the cars, man, the Indy cars are bulletproof. I mean, they, they're they very, very strong, and they they just keep getting stronger and stronger uh, with all the upgrades that they have given them throughout the years. Um with intrusion panels within the monocoque. Um, obviously, that comes with weight, so that's been a, a hard balance to find. Uh, the new aero screen with the halo, uh, you know, in case a car goes upside down or in case, a, a, you know, a foreign object wants to come into, into where the driver's helmet is. Like, you know, without that, it smacks you in the face and you'll probably might not make it out because you're just going so fast. Um what I meant about safe is that you see some of the upgrades going into the super speedways like IMS, uh, Texas, one thing being the safer barrier, which is basically an extension to the wall that is a little bit softer. Obviously, if you go up to and try and push it, it ain't going to move because it's, it, it's made for, for very high-speed impacts. Um, 
but it actually creates like a compression in case of a of a car hitting the wall uh, to absorb as much energy as it can to keep us in their safety. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, we're kind of like in a survival cell, <laughs> kind of like a fighter jet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when things go wrong, you need that to to absorb impact as best as it can without actually having to to transfer the impact or the energy of the impact onto you because there's only so much the human body can take. But, and you're exactly right, there is only so much the human body can take, but in all forms of motorsport, what you just described there and how safe the cars have become and how many, most of the tracks, have made the upgrades to keep you guys safe if in case of impact, I mean, you just described it in a way that's like, yeah, this is, I mean, danger's going to exist in the sport. Road courses, street circuits, super speedways. You just described it in a sense that, no, super speedways aren't any more dangerous than anything else. To me, it just it just really spoke volumes right there of IndyCar engineers and track engineers because you guys are going to be okay. Yeah, they, I mean, they've done a fantastic job. I think where where things might get out of hand is whenever it's together with another uh, car. Because uh. um, there's the the saying that cars aren't meant to fly, and and there's so much truth to that. Whenever they start flying, is when things really go sideways because the cars aren't designed to fly. I mean, they're designed to stay on the ground. And I feel like all the you know the the big accidents have been when when two cars come together and there's something very unnormal happening, which. I mean, it's just so hard to, to try and simulate whenever you're creating a car. You can't just create a, a certain scenario of, of how exactly it's going to go down. But I think they've done such a great job. Um, and I think Mario said it once, and he said, we are safer in the race car than going 85 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour on the highway at your, you know, with your normal car. And I think there is a lot of truth to that. I, I, I feel a lot safer in the race car, even if you, you know, go through an impact, rather than imagine having an impact at 70 miles an hour in a normal road car. Um, so, yeah. No, that's a good comparison. Patricio Award, Texas winner, joining us here in the Freak Nation. And speaking of safety, I mean, we saw it. We saw all the safety components on display the first lap of Texas and Connor Daly walking away. So, yeah, you've got some really good points there. But we are moving on to Indianapolis now. With everything with the coronavirus, the pandemic, you guys kind of got ripped off with Indianapolis last year. There will be fans this year, but still the whole experience of Indy in the month of May is just not quite there how are you approaching this month? Do, do you feel like you've been ripped off because of the pandemic, or are you just like, it's another race? Um, I'm excited to have uh, you know, a, a, a 500 more normal, I guess we can say. I mean, it's just, it's last year, it really felt like a ghost town. I mean, it just felt really like a test more than an actual race. Oh, wow. Until we're actually in the car. It didn't feel like a race, but... Um, I just, I'm, I'm happy to have people back at the racetrack. And at the end of the day, I tell everybody like we are in entertainment. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, not having people go to the circus, like who are the clowns going to be performing for? So I think it's, it's great that we're going to have people back. Um, 
hopefully next year where he can be back at 100%. Uh, would have been really cool to have 100% this year, but unfortunately, it's just not not possible with with you know the pandemic still kind of going on. Um, but I think IndyCar and everybody has has done a great job in in trying to find the best ways to have as many people as we can at the races, and not just the 500, but you know at the GP and and so forth. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited to have people back. Who is the biggest clown in IndyCar? <laughs> The biggest clown, um, probably the most like the most uh, not adventurous, but the most achieved clown, probably Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> and he can be a clown sometimes. He he can. He's... What a great guy! Yes, I'm. I'm uh... I'm low-key a huge Scott Dixon fan. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Why? Why? Is it watching him from afar for many years or, or getting to know him now? Just everything. He's such a nice person. I mean, he's such a great human being. I mean, he's a great race car driver. He's got a great family. Um, he's the only driver that came up. Well, I remember this like it was yesterday. I was in Sonoma. For my first IndyCar race, and obviously I'm I'm like super overwhelmed, and it's after practice one. I'm going to the driver weigh in. I didn't know what I was doing, and he's the only driver that comes up to me and he's like, "Hey man, welcome to the series." I was like, "Oh my god!" Wow. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> well, he is a a, fr- a loyal Freak Nation member. He's been coming in here for the last 15 plus years. 20 years. Has he been here from the get-go? Oh yeah, from the beginning. Uh, next time you see him, please just say, you spoke to Speed Freaks and we talked biscuits. Oh boy. Yeah, just okay. say biscuits. We don't, it, it's a politically correct world right now. We don't need to go into biscuits in the and the meaning of just say or we talked about biscuits bis- and gravy. There you go, yeah, just biscuits yeah. and gravy. Hey, uh, last thing for you, you went to military school in San Antonio. When I was a, a young man, military school was school was a bitch. Uh, what did you think of mil- military school in San Antonio? I was actually a civilian. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> want to be in the corps, um, but it was very strict. It was not the easiest of schools to be in when I was missing like 58, 60 days of school during the year. (laughs) Oh, true. But what did it do for you? I mean, granted, okay, so you didn't have the greatest attendance, but you were working. But what did it do for you otherwise? Um, I just think it gave me a great education. Um, I bumped heads a lot because I don't like getting told what to do. So it was very, uh, I mean... I just like to have fun. People that know me know that I like to have fun. Like when it's time to work, I will get down and I will do the work. But like, there's no point in not enjoying what you're doing or not enjoying where you are. And I guess some of the people just didn't like it because I was being a clown. (laughs) (laughs) So I would bump heads with the administration a lot. So but, you're basically the walking example or the driving example of work hard, play hard. Well, yeah, because you have to love what you're doing. Whenever you stop enjoying it is when you should jump out of the car because, well, then why are you doing it? Just like any job, I mean, not just in racing, but, you know, in, in, in any athlete sport or even uh, any desk job as well. Like if you're loving what you're doing, then then it's fantastic. But when you're not, it's like, then why are you doing it? The whole point of doing something is to enjoy it. At least that's how I live. (laughs) 
Well, I think the the sentiment out there is, is that you're going to win more races and hopefully win more races this year. And, and hopefully we'll be able to work out getting you back in here after those races on a Sunday afternoon or yeah, Sunday afternoon. Can we, can we work <laughs> on that Pato? Yeah, we can work on that. Yeah, we want you in here a lot. You are fun. Okay, can you say monocoque one more time? <laughs> uh, monocoque. Yeah, boy. You like that instead of cockpit? Yep, monocoque. That's the Formula One version of it, there Kenny. Just FYI. Paddle, <laughs> thanks for doing this, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, thank you, guys. See ya. How do you want your motorsports? Like this? Junior, how does it feel? Like this? Danica, what is the pole position? Or like this? Bobby Unser, three-time Indy 500 champion. Are Formula One drivers today, are they just kind of big pussies? It ain't been that way for as long as I remember watching Formula One racing. Uh-oh. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Oh, no. An opinion piece this week said motorsports was at a crossroads and the future might be at risk. The piece looked at electrification in the auto industry and what impact that might have on car racing. It also looked at where the fans go after a year on the couch and how do we get fans back in the stands after they've seen the screen. Finally, the piece looked at fan regeneration. How do you get millennials and Gen Xers interested when they think in terms of 200 characters in a racing world that's 200 thousand characters long. Funny, but the freaks have been raising these issues for most of our 20 years. Automakers want to sell cars crowding their showrooms, not win races. The fans want an experience they aren't getting at the track, and we've argued time and again that young people just don't buy the industry format. Glad someone's listening. The issue now, how do you get the racing industry out of its silo and into the real world? Peace. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Again, 20 plus years of doing Speed Freaks from the Lucas Oil Studios coming up. 16 good freaking minutes with the legend Bobby Unser and what he's meant to not just the Unser family out of New Mexico, but what he's meant to Indianapolis, the month of May, multi-time Indy 500 champion. He'll be joining us coming up in about 15 minutes as we wrap up the show. You forgot Emmy award-winning sports broadcaster. You also right. forgot multi-time Pikes Peak Hill Climb winner. Yeah, the Unser name and Bobby Unser in particular Huge. Crasher, I want to go back to the interview with Tony Breininger, a young woman making a whole lot of noise in the Arca series, running on those general tires, uh, an Arab-American female driver in a sport that hasn't been too friendly to not just certain genders, but to people of color. It's not lost on us, that man, what she's done at such a young age. She's done an awful lot, and she conti- she understands. And that's one thing that we got from her, at least I got from her when we were talking to her. She understands her place. 
She understands she's not a Lynn St. James or a Janet Guthrie, but she understands the place that she holds and the importance of her doing well and the audience responding to her. That's the most important thing. Uh, she she gets it, and that's that's important. That's incredible. Yeah, I liked how she talked about her dad just saying, "We're not here to make friends. We are here to race. We have a job to do. Let's focus on that." And that's that's kind of important. I mean, Tony, obviously, you could tell by her personality that she is one who makes friends quite easily. But at the same time, she knows that she's out there for a purpose as well. And I, I really love that. Her mom was a refugee in wartime Lebanon. I mean, let that sink in for a moment. So, yeah, she's carrying around a lot of history herself and inspiring people thanks to social media. I love it. The whole story is fantastic. Can I light it up again? Dang it. Yes. Again, if we can just find that bronzer for oh, my st- face. And then Kenny wants to get makeup out of her for his TV gigs. Whatever, dude. That's how I roll. <laughs> Uh, The month of May stands on the shoulders of several drivers, including our next guest, Bobby Unser. He passed away. Wow, the significance of him passing away before the Indy 500. Two weeks ago tonight. Exactly. 16 good minutes of Bobby Unser. That's next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed, so there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. It's a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring 11 highly competitive racing series. This year's live coverage on MAV-TV features the Arca Menard Series, midget car action provided by the Power Eye National Midget League, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, and the Pro Pulling League. There's even the Moto America Series, Midwest Drag Racing Series, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motor Motocross, Hoosier Arena Cross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl National. It's MAV TV's most robust live coverage schedule in network history. So come join us at MAV TV, the only television network in the U.S. dedicated exclusively to motorsports. For more information on MAV TV and MAV TV Plus, go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24 7, 365.
It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Welcome back to the Freaks, the Freak Nation on a Sunday night. And this is the moment we've been teasing the Unser family, huge at Indianapolis, Indy in the month of May. Bobby Unser lost his life two weeks ago this very night. But he was always, I mean, it was a thing for him, always the first guy at the track driving across the country to his homeland of Indianapolis. He's won the Indianapolis not one, not two, but three times. And one of the most famous names ever in racing and one of the most famous drivers ever. Bobby Unser joining the Freaks and Bobby, I understand that you were the first in the motorhome lot there at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. you got to be pretty damn proud yeah. of that. Uh, I've never done it before. You know? <laughs> but we came back for other reasons back to Indianapolis. And uh, so, you know, if I'm going to have the motorhome here, I might as well bring it here when I get here, you know. So did you drive that motorhome all the way from New Mexico? Yes, we did. Absolutely. Lisa and I did all the way back. Well, I did the driving. She does the navigating. Okay, so a dude that's won the Indianapolis 500 three times, do you find yourself trying to cook in that? In do you find yourself trying to cook in that RV? You know, 100, 105, 110 miles an hour. <laughs> no, we don't do that. No, no, we stop and park it, and then we eat. And the Lisa cooked me. Uh, she cooked me treats along the way, which I call snacks. You know. Yeah. And, and so she does that, so we don't have to stop. We have enough fuel where we can go almost all the way. We only stop one time for fuel coming back. See? Do you ever wish, Bobby, that you had a crew with you when you would stop with your RV so you could get in and out of the gas station in maybe 15, 20 seconds? You know, to be honest with you, I'm glad I don't. Because this way, Lisa takes care of it. She goes in and pays the bill. We don't have a credit card for those stops. We go into the truck stops, and they have special credit cards. We don't have that, so she goes inside, gives them our credit card. They make the thing work. I put it in the tank and start squeezing it. Then we put one into the other side, so we we take in about, I don't know, 150, 200 gallons both sides all at one time. I'm sensing another book needs to be written by you, Bobby Unser, The Adventures of the Unsers. You guys, kind of like the movie Vacation, you guys on the road in your motorhome. I know it. It seems like that sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> we have a nice motorhome. You know, ironically, it's weird, but we only use it once a year. Isn't that awful? 
Wow. It's a it's it's a very big motor home, five forty five feet long, costs a lot of money. And we just don't use it, you know? In other words, places where we go we need to go by air. We have a couple of airplanes and we usually use those to get places in a hurry. But as we're back here for a month or maybe a little bit longer, we need the motor home. Now, Bobby Unser, what do you and Lisa and some of the other drivers, some of the other legends, what do you, you guys all have your motorhomes parked in the big lot at Indianapolis Motor Speedway? I know you guys have get-togethers. What are some of the things that go on that the fans might not be aware of that are fun? You know, you wouldn't believe it, but it's like uh, being in Deadville. We hardly talk to anybody else. Everybody's in their own motorhome. They all have different schedules that they operate with. Most of the guys that are in here are drivers in the motorhomes. And then there's a few people like myself. And then, like, Roger Pinsky is in here. He's not a driver, but he bangs your own lot of race cars. So it's, it's all a group of people, and they don't socialize like you would think. You say hello to your friends occasionally. You see them occasionally when you go by. But everybody's got a different schedule. So their little motorhome is like their little apartment or their house. Something like that, see? You know, I've seen some of you guys, though, at the old Speedway Hotel, just having a couple cocktails, having fun. There are some times when you get together, right? Oh, yeah, lots of times like that. That's a different thing. We're talking about when you're in here with the motorhome, you're not in here for a social. Ah. You're here You're here to, yeah, you get up in the morning, get your rear end out, and go to something else. <laughs> and that's what all the drivers, they're, they're down there with their cars, or hopefully they are seeing what they're doing, seeing what's going on. You know, if they didn't show a little interest in their team, yeah, they'd get fired and they'd find a new driver. So that just doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Bobby Unser, three-time Indy 500 champion, joining Speed Freaks. And, Bobby, of all the old-time drivers that, of course, have parked there in the lot or guys that you wish did, who would be the drunkest? Who would stumble out of their RV if there was ever a chance for them to get drunk in the RV? I don't know. You know, again, I don't ever see any of the guys in their own RVs. I never go in their RVs. <laughs> you know, they uh, if you say hello to them or see them, they're in the, everybody's got a, a golf cart. So you see them going by in something like that. And maybe some of them have their wives with them. Maybe some of them got their girlfriends. Who knows, you know? And so motorhomes usually just get left alone that way. Oh. I'm just going to say. It's, it's weird. It's a weird thing that I'm telling you. It's hard for you to believe because everybody thinks, wow, we're having a big party here. But, boy, I'll guarantee it's a long way from that. <laughs> All right, then let's go. Let's pretend like we're at a bar. You or Parnelli. There you go. There. Now. Yeah, now we go. You or Parnelli Jones. Who's going to have the most fun? Well, I don't know. You know, we're not spring chickens anymore, so neither one of us drink very much. Parnelli probably drinks less than I do, so, you know, to be honest with you, I don't even see him in a bar anymore. I see him around racetracks, ATVs, we used to snowmobile a lot together, things like that, but eh, he does, he's never been a drinker, you know? Hmm. I drink more than he does, and I, I don't know, I've probably only been drunk five times in my entire life. <laughs> Wow, impressive. That's pretty good. That's pretty good for me, I'll guarantee you. <laughs> Bobby Unser, three-time Indy 500 winner joining Speed Freaks. When did you realize that 
driving a race car at Indianapolis Motor Speedway has just gotten too fast, or you just haven't been able, you, you weren't able to keep up with that car? At what age? Uh, there was never such a case. There, there wouldn't be that case now. It's just my body isn't as good as it used to be. My head's still there, but my body isn't as good as it used to be. But the cars never got too fast for a race driver. That's what the idea of this whole business is, is to see who can go the fastest, however you have to get there or whatever it takes to do it, it's going to be the car. A lot of good drivers here, incidentally. Lots of good drivers. The problem is that not all the cars are absolutely equal. Not all the mechanics are equal. And what it comes down to is teamwork. Who makes the best team between the driver and the mechanics, the car owner, that stuff. That's what makes the difference, usually. Bobby Unser, we hear a lot of veterans from other forms of sport, basketball, football, baseball, talking about the changes in their sport nowadays. What changes do you see in motor racing that kind of disappoint you, that you would like to see go back to the way they were when you were racing? You hit the nail on the head now. And, and of course, there's, there's, uh, there's a number of things I don't like now. There's too much. The cars being spec cars, meaning that meaning the cars are literally all the same. No matter what the paint jobs look like, the cars are virtually the same. They're made by the same people. They're, they're built by the same people. Uh, everything is the same on the cars, except the paint jobs. Then you've got two engines. Now you've got a Honda and a Chevrolet. That's the only difference. And they both run so close together you wouldn't believe it. Especially when you figure that some of the drivers are really good drivers. If you get two good drivers running one in a Ford, or excuse me, one in a, in a Chevy and one in a Honda, and they're running right together, yeah, they'll be running about the same speed. So then your pit stops become important. Here you are back to the team thing that we talked about. But the things that are not so good right now is aerodynamics. The cars are nothing but a big wing. Underneath, they're aerodynamically sucking the car to the ground. You can look at them on the, on the television set and you can see that they're nothing but wings front and back, sides, everything with a wing on them. Now, if I was a guy running this outfit, I'd get rid of probably at least 90% of that, maybe a lot more. And then I think the fans would like it a lot better. The cars, I wouldn't have spec cars at all. There wouldn't be anything called a spec car anymore. And this isn't all the racing. It just goes that way because it's cheaper to make these cars if you make, say, 50 at a time than it is to make one at a time. In other words, per, per unit, you know. And and so there's lots of things like that that I think are bad. The mechanics don't touch an engine anymore. The mechanics never pull a spark plug, never look at a spark plug if it's pulled by somebody else, meaning the factory. They don't even know what they look like inside. The mechanics don't. <laughs> So it, what it's done is it's taken a lot away from the fans. Fans like to see a car different. They like to see a guy in California make one and a guy in Indiana, a guy in Ohio. They like to see different concepts. It's all possible. And, you know, they started this all off with the idea that it's going to be cheaper. That was the reason for it, and it made sense. Unfortunately, it went the other way. Now they're making all the pieces out of carbon fiber. Now, to the people that don't know what carbon fiber is, it's listening to your show, it's, it's a material. It's like aluminum, but it's lighter than aluminum. 
Twice, here's the, here's the concept. Twice the strength of steel. Half of the weight of aluminum. In general, that's what carbon fiber is. And, and it's, and safer, the tugs. In other words, the frame that the driver sets in, it's way safer than it used to be. I mean, by tons. And, and the problem is, is that everybody's got the same car. So if your mechanic and your team is equal to mine or mine is equal to yours, hey, and the driver's all good, which they got to be pretty good to get here, then they're going to run basically the same speed. And this isn't really the good way to go. They need to get it back where the driver really works hard. You know, I haven't seen it. Seen a driver get blisters in Indy cars. Seen a driver get blisters in their hands almost since the days that Al and I were here during that era. And I think it's sad. I don't like it. I want the drivers to work harder. I'd like to take all the wings, practically get rid of everything. I take the underneath of the car and I'd clean it up to where there'd be no more suction on the bottom of the race car under the racetrack which we have way too much of it now. I'm telling you, the drivers, even though they're good, they're not working hard anymore. You don't even see a driver get out of the car sweating now. They need to make the drivers work harder. They need to make the mechanics do more work. All the, all the mechanics do anymore, guys, is change parts because they're not allowed to change anything. I mean... Yeah, and you get fined and penalized if they catch you even using using a different bolt or a different washer. Now you ask me for the negatives, so I'm giving you some. <laughs> ask me some positive, positives, I'll give you that too. You know. <laughs> Bobby Unser with the 100th anniversary of the Indy 500 coming up. Is there anything inside you that would like to be on that starting grid when those cars take the green flag? I'd, I'd like to do it so much you wouldn't believe it. In other words, that's where I was born, and this is where I was raised. You know, and if if I could, if I could still drive and do it again, hey, give me a time machine. I'll show you a new little trick. I'll be in that race just like the other people will. My head knows what it's doing. Unfortunately, my body doesn't keep up sometimes. The guys that do these are. Do this are in good shape, incidentally. Yes. I mean, the guys that you see winning races, they're super athletes. I mean, really good. And, you know, they don't know any difference because this is the way the cars were built when they started driving them. You have to kind of go back to my era, my brother's area, Parnelli's era, those type of heirs to those people to see real race cars again and see drivers really work hard. And then you see how the fans really would start growing again. Now, that's my concept. (laughs) Maybe everybody doesn't agree with it, see? Bobby Unser, you've won hundreds of races and championships. Is there one in all of your memory that stands out? What's the first one that comes to mind when somebody asks you what's your favorite win? Well, naturally, it has to be Indianapolis. Come on, this is the biggest single event in the world, for single-day events, I'm sorry. And it's the largest race by far in the entire world. So if you win this thing, I mean, you've really done a big lick. In other words, you've really become famous. Everybody in the world knows you're good. You don't have to go around tell people you're good anymore. They know it. And that's because it's the Indianapolis 500. That is number one and the largest of any 
sporting event of any kind on earth. So uh, we want to keep it that way. You know, and I'm proud of it. But to think that I wouldn't like to go do it again, boy, that'd be wrong, you know. I'd love to do it again. Bobby Unser, one of the greatest drivers in the history of auto sports, joining Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Kenny, just real quick, 13-time champion at Pikes Peak. I mean, this guy has done off-road. He's done open wheel. He's done dirt cars. He's got a championship in dirt cars. It's, It's amazing, the diversity of Bobby Unser's driving. Hey, could I just tell you guys a little deal on that? If we had the rules a little bit closer that I'm describing to you, then you'd see drivers going back and doing different circuits again. Hmm. Like, I'd like to see all these guys go run a major race, go run some sprint car races, go run a champ dirt cars, come and run Pikes Peak. Well, Pikes Peak's paved now, so no no contest <laughs> there anymore. So, but go to Pikes Peak the whole day. That was a hard deal to do, see? And, and we have good racing all around the country. It's just the technology sometimes just takes over. And when it takes over, you get a little bit of bad from it, and that's what I'm describing to you. Wow. Still good racing, though, I'll guarantee you. Man, I mean, we saw, we saw the road race the other, yesterday here, colder than heck. Can't imagine how Indy could get so cold in the summer, but it did. <laughs> And, but it was a good race, you know, and, and uh, very, very, very competitive. Drivers weren't cold because they were in the car working, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bobby, thanks for taking time out and joining us once again in the Lucas Oil Studios and the Speed Freaks Pits, buddy. Uh, it's nice being over with you guys, and you're welcome to call me anytime. Love talking to you. Thank you, Bobby. All right. You guys be good. And Statman, sorry, you got to follow that legend, Bobby Unser. Shoot the juice to the moose, and Statman, cut it loose. Zip. Speed freaks, motorsports radio redefined.